and welcome listeners to another COVID edition of Arbiter's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. (laughs) Heard every Wednesday here on WRIRLP. 97.3 97.3 FM <laughs> Richmond Independent Radio. I had to think and make sure I didn't forget those. It's okay. Pieces. I always mess them up, man. You're using your COVID brain. I am too. It's okay. We're we're here. Got, got some cobwebs in it, man. I'm telling you, it's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the 337th day of March at this point. It is. It's just saying. It's just saying. Oh well, which is okay. why we need to go back to school, which brings us to today's episode. Yay! This very educational episode. Yes. Yes. We have today with us a very, very special guest who's going to tell us all about back to school in this brave new world. Right? That looks very, very different that we've never seen before. So, who do we have with us today? Hey everybody, I am Jason Cameras, Superintendent of Richmond Public Schools. Great to be here. Yay! Yeah. Welcome Yay. welcome back, multiple timer. Thank you. I've, I've actually lost count, I don't know. I should know how many. Yeah, I, it's at least been four or five. I yeah. think he's pretty close to his green coat. I, you need to get your green sports jacket. That's right. <laughs> With like an RVA dirt crest. Yes. Yes! Mm-hmm. I would proudly yeah, wear that walking down Broad Street. <laughs> we're gonna get like some beanies we need to get something much cooler like a beanie like a slouchy beanie i'm not sure about that <laughs> okay. take the blazer. not fashion it's not fashion yeah. forward that's right not fashion forward you need the blazer okay <laughs> we'll work on that we'll work on that <laughs> but yeah so we we're so happy to have you back um one of the reasons that you know, we thought it would be great for you to comment because uh, we are definitely in some brave new world situation here with uh, going back to school uh, (laughs) on the computer, (laughs) distance learning, virtual learning. It's been quite a a journey (laughs) in education here this past couple of, the end of the year, the school year and over the summer and now going back to school and the kids are worried. I went to go see my mom yesterday. Happy birthday, mom. Yesterday was my mom's birthday and she's a, this year will be her 40th year teaching um, in public schools. What does she teach? Yeah, so she skipped around quite a bit. Right now, currently she teaches personal finance, which Mm -hmm. like the new age version of home economics. She's been a elementary school teacher. She's been like a um, special education teacher for middle school and elementary school done all kinds of stuff but she loves teaching and she's like girl it might be time for me to retire so is she is she sticking with it or no she's sticking with it i i asked her i said make me eat and she's like i need a whiteboard at home so i bought her an easel and a whiteboard a big whiteboard that she can put up and i bought her some dry erase markers and she's got a computer for at home but my mom lives in rural virginia right even though she teaches in portsmouth and so she doesn't have broadband so yeah. what is, she's like what am i gonna do and i was yeah. like i don't know you might have to set up her wi-fi at grandma's house because she lives closer to where we can like might get you some wi-fi and she's like this is nonsense and i'm like yeah, yeah. think about it i think a lot of folks are realizing we need a national broadband initiative mm-hmm. oh yesterday. yeah yeah yesterday uh two months ago i mean 
it's time to yeah. jump into the future with both feet. Uh, you don't really have much of a choice these it's days, right? Jump into like 20 years ago. I swear. Like, no. yeah, it's not that futuristic. <laughs> For some folks in some areas, I guess. I know, it, I, know, <laughs> I know to us, I, we do take, um, some of us can take that kind of stuff for granted, but yet we have mm -hmm. plenty of students um, in RPS within city limits that right. don't have. Are going to the McDonald's to do yeah. their homework. You know, whatever. And been doing it. Yeah, whatever has got steady Wi-Fi. Yeah, <laughs> which is why we've been giving out a lot of, a lot of technology over the last few months. Talk uh, about it. Yeah. Yeah, so about yes. 6,000 hotspots and about 16,000 Chromebooks. And we're going to be giving out probably another five to 7,000 more um, over the next several weeks. We're going to hit everybody who still needs one over the next week or so. And then we're actually going to try to give everyone a Chromebook even if they have another device at home so that they can all be on the same system. And that's kind of important because it's, it allows us to push out software updates and make yeah. sure our tech support is more streamlined because if everybody's using a different device, it makes it kind of hard. Plus all of our devices have security software, which is really important when you have kids online for so much, uh, so yeah. much time. So we're doing that. And then uh, we'll continue with the hotspots as well. Uh, to make sure everyone has has coverage as they need it. Um, and even for teachers, we've given out I think a couple hundred hotspots for teachers who live in rural areas uh, like your mom um, or who just uh, just don't have access for one reason or the other. And um, teachers generally get laptops uh, when they come to RPS, but um, some of them didn't work or some of them didn't get them or whatever the case may be. So we've been hard at work giving those out as well to make sure everyone is, is set for day one. Awesome. But I think awesome. one of the things, you know, we were talking about before we started, but you know, this morning there was a zoom outage internationally. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I was, I was supposed to address all of our new teachers at eight 30 and that had to be pushed to about eight 45. And you know, what I said to the teachers is look, this, you know, this is going to be a strange time and there are going to be a lot of bumps and really, uh, it, it's going to be about how do we respond? Like, how quickly do we get back up, pivot, make adjustments? Um, mm -hmm. But if you're expecting everything to go perfectly, uh, you're in the wrong business. And, uh, and so, you know, I've said, look, this is a season when everybody needs grace. I think that's true for kids, for families who are struggling to make this work, working families who just are scratching their heads. Like, how am I going to keep my seven-year-old on the computer while I'm trying to do my job? Um, and, and then teachers who are reinventing how they teach um, as we speak. So um, mm -hmm. empathy and grace. And, and it's kind of why we, we named our reopening plan Reopen with Love, because it really, it's going to take a lot of love, a lot of heart to not just help us kind of get through it and survive, but really thrive and make sure that our kids really have a, a, a really great experience. So uh, a lot, a lot to pull off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say so. Everybody's at a different school level too. You know, I think we kind of think that everybody knows how to use, you know, um, the internet with ease and maybe they don't. 
what are you guys doing to address any kind of learning curves that you might have when it comes to all this new technology and all this virtual learning? Yeah, well, um, our pre-service week for teachers kicks off tomorrow and um, actually today, sorry. And, you know, we have all kinds of sessions for teachers about how to use Google Classroom, which is going to be our learning management system. All these other cool apps that plug into Google Classroom that allow you to create quizzes and facilitate conversations and create charts and turn your uh, static documents into you know, interactive documents and all kinds of other mm-hmm. things. Um, a lot of training. And we've had some of that going on uh, throughout the summer as well. Um, and that will continue. And I've also been just so impressed and proud. So many teachers are getting together, their grade level group or their content group or their whole school faculty, um, creating tutorials for each other about various ways of approaching these things. And to support them, we are uh, giving every teacher a virtual teaching kit, which will have, um, I, I remember you talking about uh, a whiteboard for your mother, I'll have a whiteboard easel, um, an overhead document camera, which helps mm-hmm. with like, you know, when you're doing math problems, it helps uh, project so the kids can see it. Or if you're doing a read aloud for little ones, we're even including um, headphones with a mic for all of our teachers. And, I'm one of those. Yes. And um, actually even blue light filter glasses because sometimes the light from computers is really taxing on folks. And we're doing kits for all of our kids. So they right. will have... That, I'm writing that one down. Okay. <laughs> blue light glasses. Um, we're also doing these uh, virtual learning kits for the kids that are grade specific. So all of their you know, academic stuff, books, and uh, everything that they need, but also all kinds of um, hands-on materials, math, uh, you know, blocks and things for the little ones, uh, even for pre-K, like a special kind of Play-Doh and sand and other things so they can do all kinds of creative uh, projects for the older ones. Um, You know, we're even doing like for music at a certain grade, kids are going to get a recorder and a ukulele and um, other yes. And oh my for, God! <laughs> parents are going to ukulele. I remember my times with uh, with recorders. We've uh, upgraded now to ukuleles. Look, there's a you know you gotta find the intersection of cost and uh, you know educational value. So we couldn't pull off a violin for every uh, student. That didn't quite work. But uh, let me tell you. I, I remember the day that Carter came home with a, a recorder. <laughs> There's a video on my Facebook of that ride home, and it was insanely hilarious. I have to repost it. I, I played the heck out of some Ode to Joy. My parents were thrilled. No, but I think it's actually, I mean, it's good. You've got to, they can, they can transfer the skills they learn on those smaller instruments to others. I really like it. Read music and all the basics. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, we're trying to attend to everyone's needs as best as we can, knowing that, look, it's, it's imperfect, but I think if we can give folks um, the basics to, to get going, then that, that should really go a long way. Now, one of the things that I know that you've been very strongly advocating for 
um, of course, before COVID uh, wrecked the entire planet <laughs> was, especially the school system too, was looking at education through the lens of treating the whole child, right? And that's been hard enough just dealing with educating the child, right? Thinking back to that whole child initiative or that whole child lens, have you guys started thinking about or have you thought about in what ways you could use the technology or how you plan to address some of those initiatives, some of those initiatives into this integration with technology to try to, you know, try to also treat that with like maybe, uh, I don't know, telecounseling or I don't know, other, other options to kind of also bring some of those initiatives over um, to bring resources also uh, to make them available for kids um, that they would still have access to at school, but you now they're not coming into the building. Right, right. Well, look, the whole child starts with the most basic thing, and that is food. And so we will be uh, delivering food, meals, uh, every morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. to over 1,000 bus stops every morning. And so kids, instead of coming out to the bus to get on the bus, will come out to the bus to pick up those meals for the day. And that's just sort of the most essential part of our kind of whole child approach. If, if you haven't eaten for the day, you can't learn for the day. And we're spending a lot of time and energy on that because we just think it's, it's so critical. It's also why RPS is starting our day a little bit later than the counties. We're gonna start at 9.15 because we need seven to 9 a.m. every morning to run all of our buses to all the kids to give out thousands and thousands of meals every morning. So. That's sort of step one. Step two, uh, one of the things I'm really excited about is every morning in every class, the first thing we'll be doing is a community circle, which is based in uh, the sort of key principles of mindfulness and um, trauma-informed practices. The, the idea being when you can create a space to develop relationships, um, a safe emotional and social place where um, kids develop bonds and feel freer to interact and share what's going on in their lives, um, then it sets you up for so much success uh, throughout the school day. And that's especially important now that we're virtual because kids just aren't having those uh, normal social interactions that mm -hmm. they have. And so I'm really excited to be able to do this uh, division-wide um, and uh, I'll actually be sharing a little bit more about it in my RPS Direct email uh, this evening. Uh, in addition to that, we have set aside about $2.5 million of our federal stimulus money to expand our partnerships with a lot of organizations that we already do a lot of mental health support work with. So uh, Child Savers, uh, SCAN, RBHA, CIS, to really expand our network of supports for kids and, and their families. And yes, it's virtual, but um, it's really about making those connections, checking in on kids, providing the tele-support, whether it's counseling, even if it's a wellness check for families that have you no know, particular challenges. Uh, in addition to that, we've, um, we're, we're setting up what we call Connect RPS, which is basically a way for us to bubble up at a school level and then at a system level any kids who we haven't seen log on 
or they've logged on and um, we recognize they're having some challenges and it could be tech challenges, it could be home challenges. And so in essence, we'll be tiering kids and then making sure based on, you know, how significant their challenges are that they are getting contact in the most extreme every single day by somebody um, from RPS to check in, see how they're doing. Uh, kind of the middle group once a week and then sort of the lowest tier group um, kind of once or twice a month just to check in. But we really want to make sure that we do everything we can to make those connections so that any kid, any family who is struggling with anything, uh, we can get them connected to our support or other social services, whatever they, they may need. And that's the thing that, you know, people are, are, have talked a lot about will kids be able to log on and the tech and all that. And that's certainly real. And and we're working through that. My bigger concern is just kids who have become so disengaged since March 13th that we just lose them to life. And it's just the, the, the the things that might have re-engaged them, seeing their friends playing on a team, um, a particular elective um, a particular after-school activity, most of those things are gone and they won't be back for some time. And so that's why we're really trying to just really systematize this approach to finding every kid, checking in with everyone, seeing what they need. And it might be that it's a lot of home visits, knocking on doors with masks and all the social distancing as necessary. But look, you all know- It's important. Yeah, I could give you a roster of 100 kids with 100 phone numbers and only 25 work. Um, right. And, you know, we have a lot of transient kids, a lot of kids who are new to the area, new to the country. So that's the other thing we'll be doing. We have um, four community hubs that we're launching this year with about 20 staff across them. And their whole job is just to be out in the community, sharing information, knocking on doors, checking in on kids and, and getting them the support that they need. Awesome. Awesome. That's that's a big deal um, because that's been one of probably the concerns that you hear most often. Uh, there are a lot of kids who, and that they're, they've kind of been looked over in uh, a lot of this is that while many people are really concerned about the kids going back to school, going back to school, going back to school, there are a lot of kids who've been stuck at home with their abusers this whole time during COVID. And it's hard to, think about what's been happening or what's been going on with a lot of those families and those kids. Um, and they're going to now need support. They're going to now need a lot of things. And that's a lot to navigate and think about. It may not be the, the burden of um, the school system or the teacher, um, but it, it, sh- it is the community. It should be on the community to recognize that it has to be addressed at some point. Um, and we do, need to think about what those kids, um, what it will mean for those kids to now have to re-enter and back into society in some way, shape, or form, even if it is just virtually, right, amongst friends and amongst their peers, uh, you know, in school and in classrooms. Um, And this is a very different experience for everyone. Yeah. You know, I've seen chats and different things uh, where they say, well, you know, what are you going to do when the kid doesn't log on because they don't want their peers to see the inside of their house? So actually, we're, we're giving teachers and kids uh, virtual backgrounds that they can use precisely, yeah. precisely yeah. because of that. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, 
there's so much that you just have to think about, you know, there's so many pieces to, to all of this. And so this is really a brand brave new world, right? Uh, just to navigate. Just to build on that, you know, as you think about attending to the whole child and, and making kids feel welcome and safe in this environment. One of the other things that came to our attention is, you know, for uh, transgender or non-binary students who have a chosen name that's different from their birth certificate name. Mm-hmm. In Google Classroom or Zoom, your name as it is in the sort of official system will show up. And mm-hmm. that's really um, uncomfortable for a lot of kids and staff. And so, you know, one of the things we've offered is if you want your chosen name to show up, contact us and we'll get it changed in the system so that when you join your yeah. class, your name as you identify will show up. And it's something as small as that um, that we just have to think through. And there's like a thousand different issues like that. I saw that in your, in your latest, I think it was your newsletter or email. Yeah. And I thought, man, you know, that's so thoughtful. Yeah. I mean, it really comes from just hearing from our kids and our staff and families. I mean, you know, we've got, we're a lot smarter when we, leverage the voices of 25,000 people, so. Yes, yes. Another piece, um, I think that parents are maybe tossing around or thinking about um, the decision that, and that this is probably great, to, and I want to praise you guys for that. This decision to not reopen schools was made quickly, and I think that is worth major applause because it took lots of other places, um, localities, a long time to make that decision. Why? I don't know. Because it, it, it shouldn't. And it, even though it, it entails a lot of moving parts and it's not going to be easy and, you know, um, some may say, you know, school systems were not ready to do this. I, I, we can argue and say RPS wasn't. You know, we aren't. I mean, RPS weren't ready to go back to school. We got buildings that's falling apart and crumbling. We weren't ready to even go back to school, right? We, we can agree with that too, right? Um, that's that's true too, but it should have been an easy choice um, because it, it's 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 about the health of the students and the teachers and the staff and and um, it should have been a very simple decision. And so we praise you guys for making that decision um, quickly and at the best interest of you know all of the parties that are involved. And so we praise you guys for doing that. What what criteria will be used? To, in the next set to make the next decision to say, okay, we're going to go back now or this is going to continue next nine weeks. What's going to, what can parents and the community look forward to hearing? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, first let me just say I, I appreciate the recognition that we did make the decision early and, and um, in fact, the first in, in central Virginia. Um, and, I, you know, it was hard in the sense that of course, we always are going to put the health and safety of our kids and staff and families first. We also know, though, by closing, we created a lot of hardship for working families and um, kids with, you know, special needs. We're going to do our best, but it's not going to be the same as, as being in person. Um, yeah. But yeah, we thought it was the right call. And because of that, we've given everybody about two months between the decision date and the start of school to kind of mentally and physically prepare. And I think that was helpful just for folks 
folks to have in their heads. All right, this is what we're doing. You know, Uh you see uh some of the universities that have opened up and then said a week later, we're going virtual. And it's just Uh like, um, right. So, uh, appreciate that. We will be looking at a couple of things, obviously the, uh, percent positivity rate. We want to continue to see that decline. Um, it's kind of gone up and down in, in Virginia and in central Virginia, um, over the last several weeks. Um, I'm actually going to have uh, Dr. Abula start joining me on my Wednesday RPS live uh, stream just to do like a five minute update on how's the Richmond City Health District looking and what's the latest information. Um, but, you know, I, I think the, the key data point uh, is going to be the vaccine. I think that's going to be the thing that makes families and staff feel comfortable enough to come back in large mm-hmm. numbers. And, you know, my best understanding of where that is, is kind of early 2021 is, is the kind of mo- fastest it would be available, um, but it could be the spring. And so we'll continue to monitor that, monitor the percent positivity. Um, also, I think we'll keep a close eye on school divisions in Virginia or anywhere that open up what happens. And I think we're going to have a lot of um, evidence or data once, once uh-huh. that happens and we'll see. So I think that will weigh on our decisions as well. For now, we are hundred percent virtual for the first semester. So that goes until February 8th. And so uh, look, if everything got a lot better and there was a vaccine and um, school districts that opened were just fine, you know, Sure, there's a chance we would come back in person before then. I don't think that's likely. I think really the question is going to be, do we continue virtual into the second semester or are we ready to come back? But our goal is to make that decision by December 15th. So to give people, you know, well before the break time to make their plans and understand what we've got going on. Another thing that people have been asking about, or I guess, uh, it's been a curiosity of folks before before COVID wrecked the uh, exi- our existence. Right, <laughs> we invested a lot of money in uh, building some new schools in Richmond, and we were super excited about that. Right, um, and we know still in are. order to <laughs> yes, still are still, still very are, very much so are. Yes, and construction is still happening. Of course, I've been riding by, looking at it, looking at it, and of course, we know from our last show with you that um, in order to be able to make sure that students had computers and resources, and being able to feed the students before school closed, you know, budget money was you know kind of diverted towards that effort. Right, school budgeting looked a little all over the place. Right. What's happening with, you know, what does the budget look like, right, right now? That's one. That's part one of that question. Um, and part two, what's happening with the buildings right now? Because there's not anybody, like, really in them, per se, or are there people in them? What's going on? Like, the, what's in the building? The new buildings or all the buildings or everything? Like, is this a, good, is this a time for us to show up and, like, 
have social distancing bathroom painting parties or something? <laughs> like what's happening in buildings? Yeah, so all of our buildings are uh, closed to the public. So as you'd likely know, we have all kinds of community organizations, churches, whatnot, who use our facilities for all kinds of things. We stopped all of that on March 13th. And we don't have any or very limited educational things happening in our buildings either. Uh, we do use them for distribution of, you know, instructional supplies, computers. There is some testing, for example, for uh, students who are new to the country who don't speak English as their native language. We have to do some in-person testing to get them uh, figured out what level they're at, things of that nature. But other than that, it's, it's, that's pretty much it. We do have uh, custodians in buildings. They're doing a lot of light maintenance work, things that they just normally don't get the chance to do because of all the other cleaning responsibilities. So that's actually one of the silver linings here. Mm -hmm. And we are going through all the bathrooms, checking, you know, replacing anything that needs to be replaced and all that work. So yeah, that, that is actually continuing. And we're able to accelerate some of our capital improvements because normally we can only do that in the summer, winter break, or spring break when kids aren't there. Right. But right. we can use we can use all fall and and winter uh, weather permitting to do a lot of that work until you know the the money runs out as as it were. Um, right. As for the new schools, they're actually like literally next week, just about done. Uh -huh. uh, it's kind of crazy. So you know the mayor from the day the mayor introduced the meals tax to i think that was like march of 18 so and we broke ground about a year ago so um you know it's funny i saw people ask me like what happened with that meals tax um well check out henry marsh elementary cardinal elementary and river city middle school and if anyone's listening who has not had a chance to drive by one of those schools, I urge you to do so. They're beautiful. Fabulous. Really, really beautiful. I've yeah. had a chance to tour River City. Um, I mean, it looks like a small college campus. That thing is, is big. And it's got yeah. all, all the amenities you would want uh, for your kids. Um, I'm touring Marsh, I think, next week, actually, uh, with, with Senator Marsh to kind of show him around. Um, and I think we've got Cardinal coming up as well. So those are on track. Um, they're going great. And uh, we will be excited to welcome kids and staff back um, whenever we're able to do that. As far as the budget goes, um, we got about $12.5 million in federal CARES Act money. And that has been life-saving. Without that, honestly, I don't know what we would have done. Um, even with it, it's tight. As you noted, we've been reallocating uh, from within our budget. So for example, um, we sometimes use contracted uh, transportation to supplement our transportation uh, because the only use for our buses this fall is gonna be for food delivery. We don't need the contracted transportation. So we've been reallocating that money into technology, things like that. Awesome. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're gonna need more. Everyone, every school district is going to need more. And I was cautiously hopeful, but maybe it was foolish of me, that Congress was going to get its act together and pass this next round of relief 
Um, I know in the news, there was a lot of talk about the $600 unemployment payment, which was so, so critical, and they didn't even take action on that. But in that bill, there was, even in the GOP bill, there was $100 billion for K-12. In the mm-hmm. first round of federal funding for schools, it was only $30 billion. So we're talking yeah. more than three times. And in the Democrat version, it was three hundred billion. So we're talking yeah. 10 times. That, yeah. that is huge. We need Congress to act. I know that may be a pipe dream, but that is really, really critical. I also think it's going to be really, really critical for people to go to the polls and uh, make some decisions at the federal level that will put us on a better path. Because I, as a superintendent and, and you know, as a public servant, I have felt the lack of leadership at the federal level in profound ways. And it literally is mm-hmm. costing kids and families their lives, their education, their futures. And so mm-hmm. November is really, really important. I think that's really yeah. an important point to make because I, I don't think everybody thinks about, you know, when you get new folks in at the top level, you get all new cabinet members and that includes education. That's right. And yeah. Yeah, we have a new Secretary of Education, and, and it's been a, had a profound effect on public education. Yeah, so when you're voting for president, you're not just voting for president. You're voting for a large slate of people, and we've had some leadership vacuums now for a long time, and education really is oh, it's a sore spot. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's been, yeah. A rough, it's been a rough four years for the entire country, I would argue, but certainly in the education space. Yes, Lord. Yes, so please go vote. Vote, vote with, the, with all your brain matter. Yeah, yes. right. and call your congressman. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. And look, the Richmond delegation has always been fantastic. We need to get, um, we need to get some other folks to, to join the team. Mm-hmm. Call your congressman. Yeah. Call your congressman. Many of us have a, the same local congressman right here in Richmond. Yep. Yeah. Call him. So as we begin to wrap up, you know, we talk, we're, of, of course, we're always uh, student-centered, um, student-centered, student-centered, but um, we also want to champion the people um, that are ever so important in our schools, which are the teachers and the staff, um, and we want you to send a message to both right now. Give us a little message to the students so that they can hear you because we have quite a bit, quite a few of them who also listen to the show. Um, and then also give a personalized message to your teachers and your staff as they're listening to you as well. Well, uh, it sounds like your dog is excited to address our teachers and staff as well. Um, yes! Well, look, to our, to our teachers and staff, uh, let me just say, first, I know that a lot of folks are anxious and uh, stressed and many of them have kids of their own and they're kind of struggling to figure out how do I do this new virtual teaching thing and take care of my kids and um, be a spouse and, and a, you know, a son, a daughter, everything all at the same time. And so I just want all of our staff to know that uh, part of reopening with love is, is providing our staff with grace as they navigate and that we're really going to do everything we can to support them through it. It's why we're creating those virtual kits. It's why we're doing so much training. Um, But it's also why um, I want them to know 
you should feel free always to reach out if there's anything we can do better to support you to help make this work better for you. Um, I've given it out a thousand times, but a thousand and one is, is fine. My email is jcamras, K-A-M-R-A-S at rvaschools.net. And I answer my own emails. So definitely if there's any teacher or staff member out there who, who needs something, has a question, has a concern, please reach out to me directly. Um, one of the good things about being superintendent is I can make stuff happen pretty quickly. So um, please, please reach out. I also just want to say thank you to them in advance. And also to, um, I guess I'd say, I, I hope there's also some excitement. This is crazy and hard and new, but it's also an opportunity to grow and to um, experience new things. I know when I taught my math class over the spring, um, it was super stressful and hard, but then I kind of got into a rhythm and I learned some new techniques and I felt like I grew as an educator during that time. And um, it gave me empathy for what our educators are going through, but it was also just fun. And so, yes, you won't be able to give your kids a hug or a high five, but you will get to hang out with them virtually and embrace the joy of that. That's why, why you started teaching in the first place. And to our kids, I'll, I'll share exactly what I shared on the very first day we closed. And that is simply, I love you. We love you. We are here for you. Uh, you can email me too. And, and lots of kids do. Um, and um, we're going to do everything we can. We're going to move heaven and earth for you. And um, our only ask is, is you give it your all and we'll do the same for you. And um, I hope and I pray that we come out the other side of this and we look back uh, with great pride because we all rose to the moment and did something really special here in Richmond. That was great. Get a little, <laughs> get a little emotional. Oh, <laughs> no, that's amazing. Thank you. As always, thank you for coming to speak with us and um, educating us on how you're going to educate RPS this fall and winter. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to come back, but I want the blazer with the RV dirt crest. Yeah, I need to. I need to get you a cool blazer because seriously, I mean, you've you've earned it. <laughs> you've earned it. No, you have a, a permanent place on the show. I appreciate like we've lost friend, but thank you so much again. And we look forward to an update on how things are going. You know, yeah, glad to come back after we get rolling and kind of yeah. update you, let you know what's working, what we have to fix and kind of take it from there. Perfect. Sounds great. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Bye. Yes. That was so, so well said. So well spoken. Thank you so much, Jason, for joining us today. Oh my goodness. This is definitely a brave new world for all of us. Good luck to all the students that are returning back to school, whether it be virtual or in class. Gosh, almighty, please wear a mask and a glove and a hazmat suit. <sighs> and don't bring your teacher an apple. D don't bring your teacher a what? Don't bring her anything. Just don't bring her an apple. An apple. <laughs> don't bring her anything. No, no. They don't no. need your gifts and don't bring right your now. COVID either. No, they don't need that. Mm -mm. Your presence, no. your virtual learning space. Yes, Lord, have mercy. Uh, bring her your love from six to ten feet away. That's what you do. Have mercy. Oh, Lord, I tell you, what is, what a life this is right now. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. 
The longest yes. march that ever marched. I'm telling you, I, this is clearly the 738th day of March, I swear. But you know what time it is. Flint still has dirty water. New Jersey does too. RPS was fully funded, and you heard, Jason, it needs to, we need all the money. We need all the money. Call your congressman. We need another CARE Act. We need a BEAR Act. We need a SPARE Act, a SMARE Act, all the SHARE Act. We need all of the acts, okay? All of them. So call your congressman and tell them we need CARE, FAIR, SMARE, BEAR, LAIR, and FAIR. All of them, okay? <laughs> all of the acts, okay? Yes. That was your second grade rhyming activity for the day okay all of them we need them all and just in case you weren't aware richmond is most certainly still racist but we're working on that too in u.s civics class welcome back to school kids in this brave new world talk to you next week <laughs>